0: What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita, and we are live here on Selection Sunday here on Facebook and Twitter, facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show, my Twitter at Jack Vita Show, and we are doing what is now a yearly tradition where we dive straight into the bracket right after the Selection Show ends. This is our own version of the Selection Show, and tonight we are going to give you a nice preview. This is your first look uh, as you're getting ready to fill out your bracket for your office pool, but make sure you play in our bracket pool. I'm going to be giving out 50 bucks and an appearance on the Jack Vita show if you win my pool. So Go to my website, jackvita.com. The link and all the instructions are there. In order to compete, you must be subscribed to this podcast. You must leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. So, uh, screenshot that you've left a review and that you're subscribed, send that to me, join the pool, no entry free and you're in. Uh, so good luck to everybody. I'm very excited for this earlier in the week. It's been a, it's been quite a news week. Russell Wilson got traded earlier in the week, major league baseball struck a deal. We will have a season after all, which means I'm going to have to get busy pretty soon with our MLB previews, uh, MLB preview series. So be on the lookout for that again, make sure you're all subscribed. And uh, tomorrow I'm going to have a new episode dropping. It's called March madness for dummies. Many of you should remember last year. What we did was we had my cousin, Zoe, who is not a big sports fan, fill out her bracket right here on the show live. And uh, she ended up winning our family bracket pool by picking Baylor by coincidence. She just said that the Baylor bears, she said, they're the cutest, name of all the names. And that's how she ended up doing this thing. So actually this year it'll be my cousin Mia who will be making her uh, podcast debut. That'll be tomorrow night. We'll go live here on Facebook and Twitter. And then again, it'll be in the podcast feed. So make sure you guys are all subscribed. And I don't want to waste any more time because we have a terrific guest joining us right now. And unfortunately, Andrew Stem tied up at the newspaper, could not make it tonight. He's killing it over there at the Omaha World Herald, and I'm sure we'll be checking in with him sometime later on in this tournament. But we've got another guy who's basically a college basketball encyclopedia. Has been putting a lot of notes together, and uh, he's joining us right now, Ryan Packet.
1: Welcome back to the show. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, Jack. I'm really excited. Um, This is the, this is basically like Christmas. It's the best time of the year. And I mean, it's, it's, it's March and it's madness and I'm, I'm ready for it. Uh, first time in three years that we're having a traditional March madness tournament. So it's, uh, it's, it's all good right now. It's, it's very (laughs) exciting.
0: Oh my gosh. It's so good to be back. And I'm just, I'm so excited too, Ryan. And as many of you can see, Ryan's got an awesome shirt on. It says Bracketologist. He's been working hard on this all year. Not affiliated
1: with NCAA.
0: (laughs) He doesn't, yeah, he does not work for the NCAA. And he's got a pretty rad wall there. That's his bedroom. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what you've got behind you for those who are listening to the podcast feed. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so I have the coolest mom in the world to let me do this, uh, but um, <laughs> it's if I can kind of show it real. It's it's basically our living room wall. Um, living room. It's been, yeah, it's been up since 2013. Um, that's last year's bracket. Obviously, I'm um, I'm gonna take it down immediately after the show. I wanted to leave it up um, for the for um, uh, this show, but yeah, um, I, I love I love March Madness. I love college basketball. It's the best sporting event of the year, in my opinion. So.
0: Yeah, this is the greatest time of the year. So along the way, guys, we're going to be going through this bracket and we're going to dive right into it in a second. But um, if you guys are watching us here on Twitter or Facebook, go ahead and comment. If you guys have any comments along the way, we'll get to all the comments and questions just as long as they're appropriate and PG rated. We'll put them up here and we'll address them. Um, So last year we had some great questions. I remember someone last year was like, is Abilene going to pull this upset? And I said, Yes, Abilene Christian will pull off this upset, uh, Ryan. I know you listened through my preview show from last year. How did it hold up? How did I do? Was it okay? Did I did
1: I suck? <laughs> well, um, what bar are we going by? Because like pretty much everyone sucks at this, <laughs> and that's why this that's why this is great. and it's it's it, that's why I just see it as the like my favorite thing in the whole world because you can know nothing about college basketball and just think that the Baylor Bears are cute and win your office pool. So <laughs> it, it's a blast. Even if you don't like college basketball, you can fall out a bracket and have a great time and have teams to root for like constantly for the whole thing. Um, but yeah, it was nice of you to mention that you got the Abilene Christian part uh, right. You did get that. Um, unfortunately, the rest of it didn't uh, go <laughs> as well for you. Um, obviously, <laughs> you you had ohio state going pretty far uh you had uh i think you had lsu in the final four too which was bold not a terrible pick they almost took down michigan um uh illinois obviously didn't do well so i didn't do well either but yeah yeah i mean you you mentioned ohio state they made me cat
0: food last year yeah (laughs) i'm not betting anything on cat food this year unless i'm feeling
1: it we'll see yeah well um (laughs) We're here to you know, provide some insight and talk a little bit about each team and what they do good, what they don't do so well, a little bit of their personnel, a little bit of the team history. But as far as uh, making picks, we uh, kind of steer you which way to go, but you might be better off just going with uh, the, you know, take the information we give you and uh, use it, use it how you wish. If you want to flip a coin, you know, it's worked before. <laughs> I've got some upsets I like, so I'll
0: call those as I see them. And I will say, Ryan, just the thing I have to bring up every single year when it comes to March Madness, the first time we ever did this, Evan Myers and I sat on here, no video, just audio. It was the second podcast in the history of the Jack Vita show. And I predicted that UMBC would beat Virginia. So I'm always going to bring that up when I get a chance.
1: Yeah, well, I definitely did not have UMBC beating Virginia. Um, like 99.9% of the world. But <laughs> that's one heck of a call, one heck of a take right there. Um, but that's, you know, there's every year someone, usually not a 16 seed, but every year there's there's something crazy. There's take. something.
0: Yeah. There's no, I do think this tournament, just looking at it as a whole, I think it's a relatively top-heavy tournament. I think there are a limited number of teams that can actually win the whole thing. There will be some upsets along the way, but I would not be surprised if we're seeing a situation where we're only seeing one's and two seeds in the final four.
1: Uh, it's definitely possible. I think what makes this different than well, last year in particular was Gonzaga and Baylor were head and shoulders better than everyone else in my opinion. I mean, you could throw Illinois or Michigan in there too as, you know, they were great teams, but I thought the consensus was that Gonzaga and Baylor were two two teams considerably better than everyone else. This year, you might throw Gonzaga in there as a team head and shoulders better than everyone else, but I don't think they're um, bulletproof. And I think that after that, I think there's about 10, 12 teams that are kind of interchangeable. So, yeah, I I don't necessarily I I don't disagree with you that it's probably going to be a one, two or three seed cutting the nets down. But I think that pretty much everyone in the one through three line is a possible winner here.
0: Yeah, I think I agree with that. What I'm trying to say is I last year was the type of year where we got the, the 15 over a two seed and that could happen. I just think those major major upsets are less likely this year than they were last year and two years ago would have been the most bonkers tournament that
1: we never saw. Yeah, absolutely. Um especially, you know, it 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 uh it really bites that we didn't get to see a team like Dayton, yeah. you know. But
0: we get to see Gonzaga. So let's run through the uh we'll start with the west, in the top left of your bracket. Gonzaga versus Georgia State. Uh, Georgia State winners of the Sun Belt. and I think they went on a nice little run here at the end of the season to get in the tournament. But I,
1: I'm going to lock Gonzaga here. I don't think I have to say much more. Yeah, it's uh, this one shouldn't be that difficult. Gonzaga is the fourth fastest tempo in the country. Um, you could see a 40-50 point game win here. Yeah,
0: Totally. And then uh, in the next round, or in the next, uh, you drop down one more. You got the 8-9 matchup in the West. And this is out in Portland, Boise State and Memphis. And, you know, this is a really interesting 8-9 matchup. But I have to say, I really think that Memphis was, I think Memphis was a pretty good team at home, Ryan. Is that correct?
1: That is correct. And that's yeah. that's a common running theme. And uh, that's one of the trends I'm most... I most like to look at is, can you win away from your uh, home floor? Because in the tournament, you know, we're playing at neutral floor. So you're, you're not going to have I mean, you're going to, you're going to have some fans there, but they're not going to be uh, filling up the whole stands. And uh, just, it's not just going to be your fan base. So it's, it's a different animal. And if you can't win the road, uh, the history would suggest that you're probably not going to do too well in March.
0: Well, they're gonna be making a long road trip all the way out to Portland. Whoops. Sorry, my apologies. Okay. I was uh echoing myself there for a second. <laughs> That's uh live live television for you. But um yeah, they're gonna make a long trip all the way out to Portland and it's gonna bode well for Boise State that there's this isn't too long of a trip for them. So I, I like I like uh the Broncos
1: here. I think this is a very tough game. Um obviously eight and nines are essentially coin flips. Um, they always have been. But what, what I really like here is if you look ahead to the next round, I don't know if Boise State will win this game. But if they do, Boise State is very similar uh, style of play to St. Mary's. And St. Mary's is one of the only teams that was able to beat Gonzaga this year. So Boise State is like the antithesis of Gonzaga. They play slow. Uh, they don't shoot many threes, but they're they're gritty and they're they're tough. And that's the team that Gonzaga struggled with. So would I pick Boise State to beat Gonzaga? No, but it's not, it's not a favorable match. It's not um it's not the eight or nine I'd want to see if I'm Gonzaga. Uh, so it, it it could be interesting um uh, if Boise State were to win this game. And then Memphis is, they've uh They've uh, they've kind of been the tail of two halves. They've been ranked super high this year. They've been out of the field, and then they've came all the way back in. So uh, it 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 it's definitely a uh, two teams that could give Gonzaga a little bit of trouble. So you know, if you want to knock a one seed out early, you might want to look here. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but it's possible.
0: Yeah, I also the other thing is just with what you mentioned with Memphis they've had so much talent over these past few years with Penny Hardaway coaching that team. And we saw the frustration start to boil over uh, about a month and a half ago uh, back when he flipped out at a reporter. <laughs> he was not very happy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I, I just don't have confidence in, Memphis, in a team like Memphis. And that's something that when I'm filling out a bracket, if I have the opposite of confidence, if I have mistrust in a team, I typically will go – in the opposite direction. And this was a historic type of season for Boise state. Uh, They have not made the tournament in about seven years. I mean, even in 2018, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Ryan, I'm sure you remember that game when they beat Oregon with the half court uh, buzzer beater. Yeah. And uh, that was sunk by my boy, Lexus Williams, former (laughs) Valpo basketball player. There you Uh, go. But I think, I think Boise (laughs) is going to come out and I think they're going to take this one.
1: Yeah, I'm inclined to lean Boise uh, with teams like Memphis that so I don't have to repeat this later when you have teams, um, they're definitely teams you can look at to pull off upsets, but they're not the team that's going to string together three or four wins in a row and go to the final four.
0: It's like I like a team like Memphis more if they're a 12 seed than if they're a nine seed, honestly, like if they're they're punching someone in their weight class like they are in this game, I have less confidence in them. But if they're playing Arkansas, a team like that, that's above their weight class, then I, I kind of like those kind of teams in those spots when there's less expectations.
1: Absolutely. And there's also something to be said for that 12, 12 seeds, 11 seeds, even 10 seeds, you might you might uh, prefer to be there than the 8 or 9. you know, got to get that one seed right out the gate, and that that's tough. I think, yeah,
0: I think it's better – if you're not in that seven to 10 range, because then you have to go right at that team. Now, obviously it worked out okay for Loyola last year.
1: I'm sorry. It did. No, <laughs> Ryan's it's like, a big Illinois fan. And they're in our region again, but they're on the, we wouldn't face them to the elite eight. Um, so yeah. <laughs> All
0: right. Let's, let's keep moving. Um, I, this is another one. I have some good thoughts on. These are some mid majors that I got, got a good chance to watch this year. UConn, the five seed is playing. 12-seed New Mexico State. Now, I watched New Mexico State a couple of times uh, against Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon was a top-10 team in defensive efficiency, and New Mexico State put up a lot of points in, in all three games that they played against them. They swept them 3-0. Now, the other night in the WAC semifinal, they barely edged that win out by two. I actually thought that they're. Uh, it's so hard to be a team three times in the same year and especially in this case on a neutral court, I thought Grand Canyon and Bryce Drew, and uh, you know, I know Bryce a little bit. I was pulling for him. I had a little bit of a stake in that game. I thought they were going to win that game, but New Mexico State is a very, very good offensive team. Grand Canyon, as good as they have been defensively, did not have an answer for them. They were scoring at will in all three of those games. The first two games, they won by at least 15 points. Uh, Teddy Allen, the whack player of the year. Watch out for him. He can score in bunches. He's a really good shooter, uh, great handles, really good point guard, um, tough guy. He's got a lot of tattoos, uh, but we like that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they got a couple other guys. Jabari Rice is another guy who can put it up. I think that I'm going to go New Mexico State in an upset here. Um, and UConn was a team that, when I watched them, they seem to struggle at times to close out games. And this is a type of team that cannot be taken lightly. I'm going to go with the Aggies here in a 12-5 upset.
1: As history suggests, uh, a 12 seed has knocked off a five, I believe all but like two years in like the last 30 years. And I think think there's a good chance we see two or three of these happen. Yeah, this is one that I definitely look at. Uh, the, you mentioned Teddy Allen, who uh, plays for uh, New Mexico State. He's the first of many players we'll touch on that were uh, picked up in the transfer portal this year. Obviously, a little bit of a different year with the new transfer rules. Um, so he's he came from Nebraska. So he's a power conference body, and he's someone that can go get you a bucket. And uh, that's that's big when you're playing in March. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I. The New Mexico state beat Davidson by 11 points at Davidson. So they've, they've beaten another team that's in the field. Uh, they're, they're, uh, they're not a team to play in the first round. And, yeah. uh, I, I, uh, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm leading New Mexico state as well. Uh, sorry, sorry, Danny Hurley. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now the other one that this
0: is a really tough spot in terms of, uh, Five twelve and also four thirteen in terms of matchups. Vermont, uh, and I think the Catamounts or the Cougars. What's their Catamounts? Catamounts. I knew that. I, it sounded familiar. The Vermont Catamounts. Uh, I think they went twenty seven and five this year. Twenty eight and five. Yep. Twenty eight and five, uh, and
1: that's the the American East. And they American just, East. Yeah. Right through that conference, they went seventeen and one. Um. So they've only lost one game since the calendar flipped to 2022. Um, they haven't been in the tournament since 2019. So they've, they've been in somewhat recently. Um, I know you really like Arkansas. Well, I tend to like Arkansas. Yes, I
0: do. Uh, but I will say that Vermont, they would have gotten in in 2020. They were right there in 2018 with UMBC, uh, Jairus Lyles hit a game winner in what looked like a church gym in (laughs) (laughs) the American East championship game. Um, And they're just a, I mean, they're, they're a dang good team. So I think this game is going to be very close. I think it's going to be a good game. I think the Hogs are going to be on upset alert, Um, but I will say, you know, Arkansas is a team. They just fell the other day in the SEC tournament Ryan who they lose to. They lost by a considerable margin. Uh, like, they
1: got they got beat pretty bad by Texas A&M who did not make it and a lot of people thought that they uh, they played their way into the tournament. Yeah. The committee didn't think so.
0: Yeah. And uh, that made me concerned because there was a time in the season where Arkansas was really starting to look like what they did last year, peak at the right time. I think they won about 9 8 or 9 straight SEC games and then um you know what there's a jd note is a heck of a player um but it's kind of like a live by note die by note if he's off uh he can this they're they're not going to win this game if he's on they will win this game w- what are your thoughts on this matchup
1: there were three teams that um are mid majors that i put a uh, massive upset stock into and this is one of them yeah um, I'm not counting like Murray State or Gonzaga or something. I'm talking about right. 12 and under. Uh, I didn't know who they were going to face at the time that I decided that they were a top three upset upstate team that, you know, I wouldn't want someone like my Illini to play. And uh, th- this this is not a, not a great matchup for Arkansas. Vermont shoots the three very well, and they shoot a lot of threes. Arkansas doesn't shoot many threes, and they don't shoot that well from the three-point line. Now, they are considerably bigger than Vermont is as is a common theme for most power conference versus mid major conferences, but Vermont gets hot. They have a really good shot here. And, uh, I, I'm inclined to go with the Vermont catamounts here.
0: And I I could be wrong on this. Vermont didn't lose a conference game this year. Did they, they lost one game? They lost one conference game and pretty much every game they played most of them, they blew teams out, including Mm -hmm. the conference title game against UMBC a couple of days ago. I am going to lock Vermont with you on this one. As much as I like Coach Musselman, I think that Arkansas, they made their nice little run to the Elite Eight last year. Tough to do two years in a row. A little inconsistent down the stretch. And I also like the upset sleeper potential that vermont has in this case so we'll move to the next one alabama is going to play either Rutgers or notre dame your thoughts on the first four matchup here just in terms of were these the teams that should be here like cause i i didn't i would not have
1: had notre dame in the tournament i didn't notre dame is the biggest shocker for me um honestly I would probably put Wake Forest in the field before I'd put Notre Dame in the field, and I don't even know if I'd have Wake Forest in the field. But I was very shocked to see Notre Dame make it. Um, Rutgers, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not as surprised they made it. They are, they have some, they have the wins to be in the tournament, but they have two quad four losses from non-conference play that they really had to get themselves out of that hole. But uh, the the problem with Rutgers is they. They really, really benefit from playing in the well. What was used to be called the Rack? I think it's like Jersey Mike's Arena now or something. But um, they really benefit from playing there. They have four ranked wins, and they all came in the Rack. They don't do that well on the road. They do have. They are an older team, though. So I, I really think this this game between Rutgers and Notre Dame is going to go going to go down to the wire. Classic um, play in game. And uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) That's
0: fine. You don't (laughs) have to make picks if you don't want to make picks. Uh, Rutgers. I will say I like Ron Harper Jr. in crunch time. He's a clutch player. He's come through for them several times this season, as he has over the last couple of years. Um, Now Alabama, did they lose to Rutgers last year? Is this a rematch? Or who did they? Who did Rutgers beat? they beat Maryland. Maryland. Okay. Yes. I mix up is they just had to have like eight
1: out of 14 teams in the big 10 all wear red. Yeah. <laughs> Rutgers. I uh, got the monkey off their back of winning their first uh, tournament game in like 30 years last year. And then they almost beat Houston who made it to the final four. Yeah. Uh, Alabama is, I'm not even going to say the most inconsistent team this year. I think <laughs> the most volatile team in the history of college basketball. <laughs> They've beat Baylor and they've beat Gonzaga, and they they have some head scratching, just bad losses. They've lost at Missouri. They've lost at Georgia to bottom of the barrel SEC teams. They lost to Iona on a neutral floor. Now Iona's not your typical mid major. They are uh, there's someone that you know I thought we'd see here in March. They dropped it in their conference tournament. But uh, this Alabama team, I mean. They're, they have final four potential, but they also have potential to lose, lose to the play-in game by 20 points. So I, I don't know. It, good luck with that one. <sighs> yeah, okay. Well,
0: we don't need to make a pick, like we said. We're not we're not doing all of, I'm, I'm. We're calling the upsets that we really like in some of the matchups we feel the most confident in. Uh, so,
1: not a whole lot of confidence it's, there. It's really important to look at that... Uh, Alabama's three and seven on the road. They really feed their, their, when I watch their games, their arena just looks different to me. I don't know if it's the, the, the dominant red in there, but it (laughs) looks like a classic smaller, like the crowd is right on top of you. So I, I don't know if that has something to do with their inconsistencies, but, and they just got destroyed by Vanderbilt. Who's, you know, they're not bad, but they're not a tournament team in round one of the sec tournament. So,
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. We got to keep moving. We've got number three, Texas Tech. It's 14 seeded Montana State. Uh, anything to note on Mount- Montana State? I don't even know what their mascot is. It looks what like some Bob- kind of wild. C- the
1: Bob- Bobcats? Okay. Yeah. They sh- they uh, shoot the three well, they rebound well, and they, they shoot free throws well. Uh, they, they didn't really play anyone in the non-conference to get a gauge they played the only no, the only tournament team they have played is San Diego State and they lost by 17 points um, they had a great year in the big sky first time making the tournament since 1996 they've never won a tournament game I don't think it's going to happen here
0: good story for them to get here I also like the Red Raiders even in the post Chris Beard era they had a great year this this year uh, surprised a lot of people. I think they're going to keep that rolling. Michigan State and Davidson. Davidson, of course, falling in the A10 championship game earlier today, blo- squandering in a nice lead that they had. Ten seed seems a little low for Davidson.
1: Yeah, I'd imagine if they won that game today, they'd be at the eight or nine line. Which I don't know. The the thing with them is they they really haven't played anyone like in the, the A10 is. It's a good basketball conference, but it's a little down this year. And they, the only teams they played in the non-conference that are really noteworthy are San Francisco. They lost by five. And they actually lost at New Mexico State. <clears throat> uh, I, I'm not that high on Davidson just because their defense is not good. They have a Ken Palm defensive rating of 164th. Uh, their offense is 10th. They can shoot the ball exceptionally well. They're 9th in three-point percentage. Uh, they're, they're very good offensively, but teams that I don't like to pick in March are teams that, uh, don't, aren't uh, at least decent, both offense and defensive teams. And it's kind of like I alluded to earlier, they have the potential to maybe upset a team, but to string three or four games together when you just don't defend that well, all it takes is a okay night shooting and you're done.
0: What kind of squad are we looking at? Because I know a lot of people who are filling out the bracket, they're going to see Michigan State, seven seed. I think they went to in 2015 when they went to the Final Four. I think they were a
1: seven seed that year. They were. They were. Yeah. Michigan has a long history of going far as sevens and five seeds. Uh, (laughs) Not a Michigan State team that I. I'm not high on this Michigan State team, and I don't. as I high on this Michigan State team, <laughs> they've uh, tried really hard to blow some games lately, and I, is driving Tom Izzo nuts. He's even he's you know called his team out in his post game interviews, and I see why. I thought Davidson would be a higher seed, like you like you said. I didn't see these two teams matching up in the first round. I thought they'd both be the higher seed in their first round game, and I was looking at them to potentially be upset. So this is favorable for the two seed Duke. Uh, this game I would, I'd probably lean Michigan state, but it's, I mean, if Davidson, you know, shoots the three, like they can, they could, they could run away with this too. So I like Davidson's team.
0: Uh, you've got foster lawyer coming over from Michigan state, and we saw a couple of those guys, transfer portal guys who were role players at Michigan state going over and becoming leading scorers for teams. Thomas Kithier was one at Valpo this year. Foster lawyer. He was second team. It was on the all a 10 second team. Um, Hun Jung Lee and Luka Brockovich. Luca, I think was the a 10 player of the year and Lee also a member of the first team. So a talented bunch a trio that averaged 16 16 and 14 a game um i think that davidson is going to win this game and i think that would be a fun little storyline if you got a uh, north carolina showdown in duke versus davidson in round two
1: yeah uh this game's in i believe it's being played in north carolina too isn't it yeah um, so that's that's always something to look at, you know, where the games are. If you're having trouble picking a team, you know, it might not be the a horrible idea to go with the team that uh, is playing kind of in their backyard. Yeah,
0: a shorter trip.
1: Yeah, the last team that won, the last Davidson team that won was actually the won a tournament game was the Steph Curry team. They were a ten seed and they made it to the lead eight. And what did they do? Well, <laughs> shot the three. What did this team <laughs> do? Well, shoot the three. I don't know. Maybe they can make the same magic happen. I don't see it, but it's uh, it's definitely possible.
0: <laughs> Was that two thousand eight or two thousand nine? Yeah, two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, Duke's gonna play Cal State Fullerton, who ended up B- Big West. Are they Big West.
1: Uh, yes, they are. They played late last night. You probably. Yeah. Most people probably didn't stay up to watch it. I love every conference, even the small conferences, they get their games, uh, nationally televised the championship game. That's great. I love it. That's great. Um, they're, they're led by EJ and Anas- Anna a CK and Anas- a So okay. So- he's a seven, seven. He's ugh, sorry. Excuse me. He is six, <laughs> seven. He averages 16 points a game. He transferred from Tennessee. So he is a, uh, power conference body, which you is always helpful when you're going up against someone like Duke, who's always going to have big bodies. But I just don't think they have it. I, I think Duke uh, should do fine here. Yeah. And, you know, Duke is such
0: an interesting case because when they beat Gonzaga and everyone knows the talent and, of course, the storyline with Coach K, this is the last run of things. It feels storybook for them to be a team that's playing uh, in the final weekend of the tournament. They're going to have to get through Gonzaga and Texas Tech in order to do it, and they lost last night uh, to Virginia Tech in a really embarrassing showing, in my opinion. Even despite that, I like Duke to get to at least the Sweet 16. I think they're going to beat whoever they – if it's Michigan State or Davidson. You know that the national media – And college basketball is going to love the idea of selling an Izzo versus Coach K matchup for one last time uh, in the first weekend. But yeah, just looking ahead, I mean, Tech is going to be a tough run. Some people might like Tech a little more than Duke. And then uh, Gonzaga, I'm leaning Gonzaga in terms of my favorite in this whole conference. I think they're the best team in college basketball. Once again, Um, I also will really, really want the Reverend Roger Powell Jr. to finally get that ring. Uh, He's one of their assistants over there and he's a good, he's a good friend of the show. He's going to come on here at some point. So um, I'm leaning Gonzaga. I think they're the best team in college basketball. I think Duke has the highest potential of beating them of any other
1: team. What's your read on the rest of this region? Texas tech is the worst matchup for Gonzaga. Um, kind of getting getting back to the the gritty slower tempo tempoed thing. Texas Tech is a phenomenal rebounding team. They're also playing with a chip on their shoulder. Chris Beard didn't leave uh, on a good note, <laughs> so they yeah. I know they want to get farther than Texas. Uh, I think they will, um, but I would I would write Gonzaga in pen in my Final Four right now. Yeah, quite confidently. Um, th- One thing, the only thing that makes me struggle, and I don't know if you struggle with this too, Jack, when you're filling out your your bracket, but I'm really big on the story of college basketball. And for example, in 2018, when Virginia lost to UMBC, I just had this gut feeling, and how how great would it be to see them win um, next year after being the first team to lose to a 16 seed? And that, that happened. And it's stuff like this, like the Coach K being his last hurrah. It's like you almost feel like he just, he's going to get it done somehow Um, early in the year. I thought that they were definitely a favorite, not so much anymore. They didn't really, they finished first in a weaker, a very weak ACC, uh, but not dominantly, which is uh, odd and not very promising. So I I don't know. What do you, what do you think about the story? Does that affect your bracket fill out? Yeah, it does.
0: Sometimes Uh, I think I, there's so many different things that I weigh. Um, I just feel like the story's already ruined. Like Coach K lost his final home game at Cameron Indoor. And that's not a good sign of where this story may be going. Now, maybe, you know, they lick their chops and they get in this tournament. And really, they knew that they're going to get they're going to be in this spot no matter what, no matter how they play. They'd be a one or two seed for the most part. And they were a great team at several points in this season. I I also think, though, with Gonzaga, there's such a great story there, too, because last year you had a team in Gonzaga that was talked about as maybe the greatest team of all time, one of the greatest teams of all time, undefeated, finally get to that national championship game, and Baylor wipes the floors with them, and it's not even a contest, the entire 40 minutes. So, you know, those guys are itching to get right back in that position once again, and I think
1: they will. I I do, too. Um, the only thing is, could they lose sites? Like, are they just going to be focused on the championship so much they get snake bit early on? I could see that happening. You did allude to last year a lot that you didn't like that they were going in undefeated. I agree with that a lot. Now, some people obviously, some people would be like, well, why wouldn't you want to be undefeated? You know, like. <laughs> Obvi- okay, obviously if you had the option to go and defeat it yeah you want to do that <laughs> historically usually, I, would, I would throw a game I don't know about <laughs> you Ryan I, would. I wouldn't throw a game no no we're not that <laughs> far but uh, historically speaking having at least a loss under your belt usually does some good things for you um, it lets you know you're not as good as you think you are which is always good so yeah, no one wins them all. It just doesn't happen. No, doesn't Kentucky happen. showed
0: that in 2015. Uh already a couple of shout-outs to the 2015 tournament. How about that? <laughs> all right. Um, so I got in mind, just looking ahead of mine. I, I'm going I'm going chalk in terms of one, two, three, all getting to the sweet sixteen. And then I'm also going with two upsets, New Mexico State and Vermont. So one of those two teams getting into the sweet 16, I'm going to go New Mexico state. Um, And I do think that's a good point you bring up in terms of Gonzaga is going to play Boise state and potentially, or, or Memphis technically because we'll we'll see what happens. But if they play Boise state, if they play one of these mid majors in the sweet 16, those are games that you can't sleep on. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's a good point you bring up. Are you differing from me significantly in any way?
1: Uh, Sorry to be boring, but I'm pretty much riding with your same thoughts here. I'm sure that'll change that we got three more regions, Uh, but uh, a little boring, but (laughs) much agree with you on all of that.
0: Okay, let's move along to our next region, the East region, which is the bottom left of your brackets for those who are following along with us. We've got the one seed Baylor Bears, the defending champions and the cutest name in all of college basketball. According to Zoe Jeffrey, they're going to play Norfolk State. Norfolk State is typically a really good team in terms of where the MiAC. they typically end up in mean, this year, 24 and 6, 12 and 2 in the MEAC. They're a 16 seed yet again. Is it just the weakness of the MEAC that we're looking at here?
1: Yeah, I mean they are a step up from last year. They don't have to play in the play-in game. But yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's just uh it's it's not been that it's been a pretty weak conference the past couple of years. Uh is there
0: anything to note about Norfolk State going into this game before we pencil in Baylor? I'm not going with any 16 T's this year. <laughs> I uh, already did that.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They've done I, that. You don't need to ever you can just you can retire on that hill, right? <laughs> but uh, no, I'm, I'm not seeing Norfolk uh, being able to compete with Baylor. They're just, they don't have the bodies. Um, the Norfolk State's coach was the assistant for Norfolk when they took down number two, Missouri. He'll be looking to etch his name as the head coach this time with a huge March Madness upset, but don't see it happening. Okay.
0: We got 8-9 North Carolina versus Marquette. And I did see Marquette play uh, about three weeks ago or so, three or four weeks ago. And um, they just absolutely decimated Georgetown as pretty much every team in the Big East did this year. Uh, But, oh, were you about to say something? You look
1: like you were about to say something. No, I was just cringing at the 0-19 (laughs) Georgetown conference record. Uh, Patrick. His name wasn't Patrick Ewing. He probably would have got fired. but. Well, I mean, he got extended after last
0: season. Right. When they got to that championship game. Maybe a little bit of buyer's remorse there. It's so weird too because Ewing is uh let's not talk about this right now. We're gonna be we're gonna go like two hours long if we start talking about yep. Patrick Ewing. Fair enough. Um but Marquette, nice year for them. Alex Stahl, I hope he's listening to this. Great friend of mine. He has this season ticket hookup. And he takes me to a couple Marquette games each year. And he was telling me, he's like, you know what going in this year, no expectations. We thought we were going to be one of the weakest teams in the big East this year and ended up being pretty strong. They were ranked at different points in this season. Shaka smart. Now making the tournament with his third different team, they take on North Carolina, which North Carolina beat Duke, but there are a lot of questions about the toughness of the ACC Uh, What should we be looking for in this matchup? And are you leaning either way yet on this one?
1: As always with the eight, nine, it's tough. Um, This North Carolina team, not your typical North Carolina team. They, uh, they gained a lot in the transfer portal and they lost a lot in the transfer portal. They lost um, Walker Kessler to Auburn really didn't even play much last year. And we'll, you know, we'll talk about him later, but uh, they also gained uh, some players as well. Uh, Marquette hit the ground running. They beat Illinois uh, very early in the season. Illinois did not have Kofi Coburn for that game. Uh, They came back from down like 12 with about four minutes left. It was a colossal collapse for Illinois, but Marquette at least showed some toughness there very early on in November. Um, Shaka Smart, first year at Marquette. He's had some horrendous luck in the NCAA tournament. He's... Uh, I mean, last year he got beat by Abilene. He's lost on a half-court shot to UNI in the first round. Hasn't got out of the first round since. It might be when VC he took VCU to the Final Four. Well, they uh, they didn't have bad luck back then. No, was- no, but that is it, it's long. It's longer ago than it feels like. Yeah, right. About Eleven, twelve years ago. Oh my gosh, um, we're old. yeah especially now that the players are younger than us yeah (laughs) but um yeah i i i probably lean north carolina on this one but it's it's uh it's definitely one that i haven't i'm not writing down in pen yet and i'm gonna have to do some further research
0: yeah i don't have a preference at this time so i don't want to steer anyone lead them astray uh, so we'll keep moving. You, you know what? I really didn't. First of all, I'll say this I'm glad that two teams have to. I mean, you have two playing games of at large bids each year. Um, but I think that if you win your conference and you have an automatic bid, you should be a lock for the round of 64. Uh, I will die on that hill. That's a John Rothstein. Was really the he's the first guy who was saying that, and I agree with him. Um, so on that note, we have two at-large teams in the playing game, and the winner is going to play St. Mary's. We got Wyoming and Indiana. Wyoming was really good mid-major, if you want to call the Mountain West a mid-major conference, which we have a conversation about that another time. Might not be a mid-major, uh, but they're very good. Indiana. I was a little surprised that Michigan rose above Indiana um, and that Indiana or Michigan got the guaranteed round of 64 after Indiana beat them just a few days ago and then beat Illinois. And basically, I feel like Indiana got penalized for making it further and then losing yesterday. And that game was just so dang close. They were just really inches away from being in this uh, being in the big Ten championship game and I really liked what I saw out of Indiana this week um, did you would you have gone in a different direction do you think Indiana should be in this playing game? uh it's tough
1: it's really tough. I think that the committee values conference tournament wins less than we realize but yeah. they value them somewhat because indiana played themselves into this field unlike anyone else in the in the country outside of virginia tech and richmond well uh, and a and m if AM and had gotten in right right uh but indiana probably wasn't going to be in and they were on they were out they were down now. out they were down 17 to michigan with like 10 minutes left and they won, they uh, went on like a 30 to nine run or something. And, uh, they, they got themselves in here and then they beat Illinois in a nail biter. And then they lost to Iowa on a banks three, Jordan Bohannon, you know, pulling off the magic again. Uh, He's been playing college basketball for about 67 years now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Phenomenal shooter, one of the best in college basketball. But even when a phenomenal shooter banks in a three for the win, got to just kind of shrug your shoulders and be like, we defended well, what are you going to do? Um, I I'm okay with them being in a play-in game. You know, they they went 9 and 11 in the Big 10. So I know you're big on that. You know, if they if you can't go 500 in your conference, maybe you shouldn't even be in the tournament. And that's fair. Uh Wyoming is I didn't I thought they deserved to get in, but I was shocked that they got in. The committee Just because in, they
0: typically don't favor those types of teams.
1: Well, exactly. And Also, Jack, because the the uh, Mountain West already had three teams in, and they were the fourth team to come in, and that's Mountain West usually doesn't get four teams in. No, so it's a four bid league this year, baby. They were the last team in. I don't know if you saw that they. uh, Yeah. Last year, Dayton was actually the first team out, which is was shocking to a lot of people.
0: I also was surprised that Dayton did not get in as well. Mm -hmm.
1: Um. So yeah, Wyoming is led by Hunter Maldonado. He's the fifth in the country in assists. Um, Indiana, Trace Jackson Davis, uh, he'll be a first. He he is a on the NBA draft board for sure. They've also got some other great players. Mike Woodson, I think you're going to see Indiana uh, in the tournament consistently now. I think he's going to turn them around. Art-
0: I think so, too.
1: I want to say this, uh, Ryan.
0: A lot of people don't know this. I almost went to Indiana University, Bloomington. I mean, I was so close to transferring there. Uh, I entered the transfer portal once upon a time, (laughs) and I had some schools competing for me. And ultimately, Valparaiso gave me a better offer. Um, But I visited Bloomington's campus. I absolutely loved it. I had some great friends that went there. I've been to a game. And I basically decided at that point that if Indiana basketball is playing, Anybody besides Valpo. I just find myself always rooting for Indiana basketball. Now, I would not say I'm a fan. Like I'm a Valpo basketball fan. I can't say that I'm a loyal Indiana fan, but the last four years, no tournament appearances with Archie Miller. And in his first try, Mike Woodson gets them to the tournament. Regardless of what happens here, this season was a big win. I think he's got him on a great track. And you know, having watched them this past week, being a team that I genuinely, generally, always root for, I feel pretty good about their chances. I, I think both these games are very winnable. Although I think that I, I wouldn't favor them in either matchup, but I also wouldn't, I don't, I wouldn't see them as a heavy underdog in either.
1: No. Um. L- luckily for most people, you don't really have to pick the play-in game. I believe most pools do not require that. No. Um, Correct. always, you know, every year but one out of the last 10 or 11 years, they've had the play in now. Uh, they've won the first game last year. UCLA made the final four as a play in team. It's happened a couple times now. Uh, so definitely, they're teams to watch out for. Getting that first win under your belt is always advantageous when you're playing someone coming in cold. Um, but I really, really like the St. Mary's team, Jack. Yeah, you're pretty high on these guys, you got them. So let's,
0: let's, let's do this. You got, uh, you're going to have St. Mary's advancing here. I am likely. Yeah. Do you see them getting past Baylor? Could you see it? I mean, you got, here's the thing guys, we are doing an instant reaction to this. I mean, the bracket just dropped about an hour ago. Um, So we're still digesting it. Ryan's going to be thinking and obsessing over this for the next 72 hours before he puts out his official picks. (laughs) But do you like their chances against Baylor?
1: Um, I think they got a, a good a good crack at him, but I don't I don't think they'll beat Baylor. Uh this Baylor team is hurt though. Um they lost everyday John, Johnny Chua Chua. Um they have a guard that's out as well. They're not Baylor, the Baylor of last year, but they are so everyday John is now no days, John. Yeah, no day. <laughs> Not, not, not this March at least. <laughs> St. Mary's, is, um, I touched on earlier, very slow tempo. Uh, bottom ten or top ten as far as how slow they play. Um, they're in their ninth defensive Ken Palm rating, seventy fourth offense. Um, I don't. I I generally I gen generally don't put teams that aren't top thirty in each things to go far. Usually that doesn't happen. Um, so I, I wouldn't put them in the final four or anything, but I think they got a, you know, a good shot to get to the sweet 16 and give Baylor at least a good game. You know, obviously they beat Gonzaga. Um, not many teams have been able to do that. So
0: <laughs> they also
1: already's yeah. his last name is Kuzi, no relation to Bob Kuzi, but that's kind of cool. It I is think. cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, we'll keep going
0: here. Uh, so Ryan really likes St. Mary's. Keep an eye on them. Do
1: a deep dive on them. Is there anything else they should know about St. Mary's before we move on? Uh, just that they're a very consistent uh, mid-major team, and uh, they're, they're in this tournament almost every year. And they're, yeah. they're not um, – it's not a shock to see them. And don't – like. You, you might be like, St. Mary's is a five. No, they, they, they deserve this five seed. They've, they had a very good season. Is this Patty
0: Mill school or did he go to Mount St. Mary's? I mix those two teams up all the time. I think he went to St. Mary's. Ryan's got a studio behind him. Have uh, someone in the studio shout it out if where, they found it. Yeah, where
1: did Patty Mills go?
0: He did go to St. Mary. He was a game. Oh, hey, great job. By the way, give a shout out to our producer here who helped us out.
1: Oh me, yeah. Oh, it's just my brother and my mom. <laughs> in the background, they they want it. They want it to be here live, and uh, they're they're uh, they hold their weight. They yeah. they contribute. They uh, they have a lot to offer. Um, Great yeah.
0: job, <laughs> we love it. Okay, um, UCLA is playing Akron. Akron is an interesting team. Last night, um, for those who don't know, Ryan and I were texting each other about it, but Kent State was the favorite to win that game yesterday prior to four of their players being suspended for uh, a social media video. I think it was a Snapchat of them singing F Akron <laughs> and three of them got suspended for the first half. One got suspended for the whole game. Uh, it was one player or one starter. And then uh, two guys who play some pretty big minutes for them off the bench Um, So they were without them for the first half. Now, Akron was still in the game at halftime or uh, Kent state was still in the game at halftime, but Akron really took off there in the second half, blew them out by 20. And now we're going to see Akron against UCLA. Now we talk a little bit about a team like Arkansas who could have a letdown after a nice run last year, UCLA got to the final four. Really? uh, They opened the year as the number two team in the country, and the Mac, I'm just going to say this. The last three tournaments, 2021, 2019, 2018, of course, no 2020, the Mac has won its game. The team that the Mac has sent last year, it was uh, it was Ohio, I believe, right? Ohio won last year? Uh, yes, and they did beat Virginia. Yeah. So... I mean, this could be one two. I, I think this is an upset alert type of game. I kind of like, I kind of like the zips here against UCLA.
1: Um, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm kind of surprised that they got a 13 seed. Um, now if it was Kent state or gosh, who did, who was the one seed that Akron beat? Was it to, Toledo? Toledo was the top team. Yeah. They, they uh, this would year. Yeah, yeah. They'd be a threat. Um, some Illinois fans might've liked the F Akron video considering they're <laughs> John gross. He did not do very well at Illinois. And I, I, I got to admit, I did not know much about the Akron zips until I did some research a few days ago, found out that they play one of the slowest paces in America, which is extraordinarily shocking. Cause that is not what coach, coach John gross did at Illinois. He <laughs> basically ran like a seven second offense at Illinois. Um, so I, I don't know maybe he realized that didn't work and he's changed things up at Akron but <laughs> uh, they Akron did only lose to Ohio State and it was like their first game of the season they lost them by one Ohio State actually had a buzzer beater to beat them at the yeah I remember goal. that game um they uh, they don't really have the makeup of a team that I think would be. That would upset uh, especially an experienced UCLA team. They've got their three best players back from last year's Final Four run team. I think Mick Cronin's got them in a a spot to uh, do okay in this tournament, at least win a game or two. I am appreciative that the committee does not have a sense of humor and put Akron against Illinois since they were a four seed. (laughs) However, we will touch on that later that they actually – might have done us done us even one worse than that, but uh, we can yeah we can we can move on if you want to. But I yeah well I think uh, the
0: one thing I'll say is basically everything you said about Ohio aside from Styles just in terms of they were the fourth best team in the MAC last year, and I for that reason I'm like you know what Toledo or Akron last year those were your top two teams in the conference last year I'm like those are the teams I like for an upset the MAC came through I'm gonna side with the MAC again. Um, although I think this is going to be close and I don't feel very strongly and I may change my mind over the next few days for what it's worth. But we keep moving. Texas and Virginia Tech. I like Texas in the 6-11 matchup.
1: Do you feel differently? Uh, it's tough because Virginia Tech just showed that they can they can win games quickly. Uh, Texas is better than anyone they played in the ACC tournament outside of uh, Duke. The, <sighs> This Texas team is—they've uh, underperformed this year. They were ranked like fifth coming into the year. Chris Beard, first year with them, um, they got they got some transfers. They got Marcus Carr from Minnesota. They're very guard heavy. Um, they they uh, they have the potential to go on a run, but they just they haven't done it this year. So I don't know why you'd think they'd do it now. Virginia Tech is dangerous. I would lean Texas for this game, but I would be apprehensive to put Texas very far. Yeah. I just I, I, I this is
0: what I do sometimes when I pick my bowl games. And last this past bowl season I won my bowl pool, so I didn't have to give any money away to anybody, which was great. <laughs> um so <laughs> I, I look at, in these types of situations, I like to think about the conference. And you have the Big 12, which was an awesome conference again this year, and the ACC, which was not awesome this year. I'm going to side with the Big 12 team. I think they're battle-tested. Moving
1: along, uh, we got to keep Can moving. I, yeah. I know we're trying to move through here, but yeah. one thing I think is really important for this game that, People do need to notice is that Virginia Tech is the has the fourth highest three point percentage in America, and both of these teams play very slow. It's very likely this game will be in the fifties or low sixties, so those three pointers are magnified. So I, I might actually be changing my mind here, CBD um, hmm. a little bit on that one, but I don't think that one's a slam dunk by any means for the Texas. No, league.
0: definitely not. Uh, Purdue is going to play Yale in a three fourteen matchup. Ryan, is it just me, or is, does it feel like there's just something missing from this Purdue team to be like a true contender?
1: This Purdue team is one of the most talented three seeds I've ever seen. They, uh, There's no reason why this team shouldn't be able to cut down the nets, not just to go to the Final Four, but to win the whole thing. Uh, they are just loaded. They have everything. They have they have Zach Eady 7-4, can't teach that. They have Jaden Ivey. He's going to be a top five draft pick Uh, for NBA fans. He's a lot. He gets a lot of John Morant comparisons. Um, Matt Painter, great coach. Purdue usually doesn't do too well in the tournament. I don't know. I'm probably going to hurt shoot myself in the foot here. I really, really still like this Purdue team. Uh, They have the number one offense in the country. However, my rule of you got to be good at both hundred and third defensive rating. So off night, offensively, they don't defend very well. Um Yale though, you know, whenever whenever you're playing these uh these first round games, Yale, I, I once I found out they were playing Purdue, I looked to see their at their size. They're not very big. I actually had small in my notes before I even <laughs> saw that they were playing Purdue. Uh not not a good matchup for Yale. No, <laughs> no. and I I also think
0: that this region I think Purdue's is going to do extremely well in this region because we'll get to the next couple in a, in a short second. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the two seed doesn't get to them. I wouldn't be surprised if seven seed Murray state is playing in that sweet 16 game against them um, who went 30 and two. And we'll talk about them in a second. You know, it's funny you mentioned Zach Edie and he reminds me of that. Now, Ryan, I, I know you're, we're both young guys but and i know there are a lot of movies that you haven't seen but did you ever see the movie one flew over the cuckoo's nest
1: oh man um no
0: you yeah, haven't I mean,
1: yeah um there's
0: a scene my i'm gonna credit my dad for this but he's he pointed it out yesterday uh jack there's
1: or jack um whatever the yeah name. jack nicholson yeah see i didn't I can't even think of his last name that's how yeah. much movies. okay yeah well <laughs> the listeners
0: will get it. There's a scene where they play basketball and he just tells this guy, chief, Hey chief, chief's about eight feet tall. Go stand right by the basket. Just walk right there. I'm going to throw it up to you and you'll just put it in there. And he extends his arms about, you know, a foot, you know, he, he extends his arms as much as he can and he jumps like six inches and it's in, that's basically Zach Eadie.
1: Yeah. Uh, and he's <laughs> built though too, which uh, just makes it even more. I mean, seven four beginning with is tough to guard, but he's also wider than most seven foot four guys. Yeah,
0: he's he's a big boy, that's which, for sure.
1: And he's uh, he actually moves pretty well too. Um, probably yeah. part of why their def- their defensive rating is lower though, because you know it's going to be hard to guard a team that goes small ball when you know they don't move that he obviously can't keep up with a six foot three guard or anything but
0: yeah um all right we already hit the hour mark so we're gonna try to keep moving uh relatively quickly but i always i always think i can just fly through this thing and we're we're providing the analysis but yeah I, i don't like that matchup for yale um purdue's gonna win that game we got murray state and san francisco does and you know This is not a good matchup for San Francisco. Murray State was awesome this year, 30-2. and They're about to move right into the Missouri Valley and give a lot of teams trouble. I think that, I I mean, I like Murray State here, but I just want to say, shout out to San Francisco for getting back to the tournament, first time since 1998. This is one of the historical programs in college basketball, going back to when they won back-to-back championships in the 1950s with Casey Jones and Bill Russell. Um, at one time, one of the best programs in the country. Bill Cartwright, another guy who played at that program. Um, so to see them re-emerging here in the tournament, that's just really cool for someone who's a little bit of a historian, such as myself. But I, I like the I like Murray State
1: in this game. Um, I was sitting when... The selection show was going because San Francisco was that last ten seed to get in, and I'm I was almost like, am I missing something? Are they not going to get in? And I'm sure their players were also a little nervous too because they weren't really on bubble. I mean, we knew they wouldn't be a high seed, but we thought they were in. Yeah, Uh I think San Francisco is going to get Murray State here. Do just you think they're going to win this game? Just because Murray State, they didn't. I, I know thirty and two is impressive, but they didn't even in the non conference. Like they just didn't play any anyone even like tournament any tournament teams or anything in San Francisco at least did a few and you know they play in a better conference and i i think that just the getting back I, the story thing too i know it's stupid <laughs> but i don't know i want to root for San Francisco here even though i like Murray State too um i i think they're both going to struggle with Kentucky in the next round regardless so maybe not something you need to spend a lot of time focused on. Although I'd love to see either of these teams take down Kentucky.
0: Okay. Uh, and then we got Kentucky and the St. Peter's Peacocks. I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they yeah. The, I, I'm I uh, I like when the obscure mascots get in. It always makes it a little fun. I'm sure that I'm sure they're going to have some people pick them just because of the peacocks. <laughs> uh, we'll see if Mia does
0: tomorrow. I mean, she, maybe she will. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Kentucky. We haven't really touched on them, but we'll pencil them in here. Maybe pen them in again. Taking a look at this region, I think this is one. like the last one was a little more easy. I think this one, there are a lot of different directions you could go in, and just taking a look at it at large,
1: um, what are your thoughts on this region? I like the winner of Purdue, Kentucky, to come out of this one, just because Baylor's hurt a little bit, uh, and also then you really got if, if it is Baylor, if excuse me, if it is Kentucky or uh, Purdue, that's not again like. Not great for Gonzaga because you know they play a lot through Drew Timmy and Drew Timmy is phenomenal, phenomenal post player. But seven for Zach Eady, that's going to be tough. Now Timmy, I'm sure we'll get him some fouls. He's just Drew Timmy is one of the most insanely talented bigs, and his, his footwork is incredible. But I, I think Purdue is a team that could get them, and then Purdue versus Gonzaga could be a hundred too. 105 games <laughs> like that's just offense on offense hmm. um kentucky one of the best rebounding teams in the country oscar to Shebby, um s- <laughs> i said that wrong <laughs> yeah that's right uh transferred out from west virginia last year to kentucky uh he's an sec player of the year he only prior in division one to have 15 or more rebounds a game uh they're also kentucky you know they have two potential lottery pick guards in um Tai Tai Washington and Shabir Wheeler um they they uh they run that team quite well Calipari's got a squad of talented boys um they don't they're not insanely consistent though they also are 18 and 0 at home and 6 and 5 on the road and that always gives me a little pause you know 6 and 5 on the road's not all that great they didn't they lost to Texas uh it was no they lost to um they lost Texas a right? I don't remember. <laughs> in the in the tournament, or was it? Huh? They lost to Tennessee. Okay, that's yeah Tennessee. So who Texas? Who was the Texas A&M beat Auburn, and then they beat Arkansas. Arkansas. Um. Okay, so they lost Tennessee. Tennessee is very legit, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, you, you, I would I would be inclined to go Purdue or Kentucky. Um, UCLA has the tools to make a Final Four run. Uh, St. Mary's has the tools to beat UCLA. I don't know about Final Four. Baylor obviously could do it again. Um, I know you don't like Murray State, uh, just their
0: non-conference schedule and quality of teams they played, but I think there's one thing you may be overlooking, and if Murray State gets to Kentucky, that's an in-state game, and... I there's an even, in my opinion, I think there's typically an even greater chip on a shoulder for an underdog to play a team in their state. And that's what happened. I hate to bring it up last year, but Loyola, Chicago, I mean, there are a lot of people. I live in Chicago, and you're you're in a different part of Illinois that's a little more, would you
1: say, rural? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm like 20 minutes out. I'm kind of in between because I'm, I'm like 20 minutes out of St. Louis, but yeah. uh, you keep going further out, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you are,
0: but you're in a different part of the state. You're not in Chicago land. Absolutely. And, <laughs> yeah. In Chicago, I found but, just so interesting because, oh, sorry, what were you saying? There
1: are people who live in Illinois that don't live in Chicago, by the way. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I think a lot of people don't realize that. <laughs> uh, but you know what's funny is, in Chicago four years ago when Loyola had that run the whole city got behind them they were like the team of Chicago a year before that the city got behind Northwestern and then last year I did not see a whole lot of fanfare for Loyola Chicago everyone was kind of jumping in on Illinois and I don't want to say it was a huge bandwagon or what but there were a lot of people who were big on Loyola few years ago and then in that game I I felt like I was the only person I knew in Chicago that was rooting for Loyola Chicago and I'll be honest I mean I like the mid-majors they're a Chicago team and I love Porter Moser and they're repping the Missouri Valley and I always want the Missouri Valley to do well so last time too
1: that they'll be repping the Missouri Valley it's true it's true
0: now I'm I think if Murray State gets there I do like their chances in this game against Kentucky for a lot of those reasons. Uh, And that's a future Missouri Valley team. So I just want to put that out there in terms of the rest of this region. um, It's hard to go against Baylor just even with the injuries, just knowing what they've done over the last handful of years. I think two years ago, they very well, they may have won a national championship that year. And then a lot of people, Thought, hey, you know, can they actually do it in 2021? And they did. Um, Purdue, yeah, and then Kentucky for sure. So, and then St. Mary's could give Baylor a challenge. There are a lot of different directions you guys can go in with this region. Um, Unless you have anything else you want to add, we got we got to keep moving.
1: Yeah, just the Murray State thing. You're 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 dead on there. And I'd have to look at their roster and see how many guys that get big minutes are from the state of kentucky probably didn't get a recruit recruitment call from kentucky and they probably wanted to go there so massive chip on their shoulder when they play those games you're absolutely yeah.
0: right and that's why i think this is a bad draw for kentucky i mean northern kentucky actually gave kentucky a really good game the, nor- out of the horizon league you remember that in 2017 of course i do <laughs> yeah levon holland the third i believe is that guy the guard's name drew mcdonald Um, And that was a situation where like Northern Kentucky, there was like some small businesses saying they give away. I think there was a steakhouse that said they give away free steaks if they beat Kentucky (laughs) and they almost did. I mean, they they didn't almost beat them, but it was a great game. Mm. So just want to put that out there. B that's one thing to be on the lookout for. Now, Ryan, isn't sure if they're going to beat San Francisco. So we will see. But we move along, and we're going to have to do these next couple regions a little faster than we did the last couple, but that's okay. Um, We're in the south region now with Arizona as the one seed, and then we've got Wright State and Bryant as the play-in game, which, again, I, I hate when they do this. I think if you win your conference, you should automatically be in the round of 64, Let's have a greater chance for these bubble teams to play their way in. I mean, we could even, if we did that, and then, yeah. So anyway, um, Wright State, they win the Horizon League. No surprise that they're a 16 seed. The Horizon League has weakened since Valpo left it. Um, also, just kind of an interesting time in the Horizon League because UIC announced that they were moving to the Missouri Valley. And the commissioner, uh, she said that, UIC wouldn't be allowed to compete for any Horizon League championships, which I don't like that. I don't agree with that. Um, no comment anymore on that, but uh, this isn't this was like a fourth place Horizon League team that won the conference tournament. Um, they're a sixteen seed. Bryant has the leading scorer in the country, Peter Kiss, uh, very cocky guy, by the way. And he, he may for a year. What was that? He played at Rutgers for a year. Yeah, and he may have incited that fight that broke out in the conference title game uh, when Bryant played Wagner uh, just a few nights ago, and maybe this playing game is penalty for the
1: actions that took place at that game by those fans. Could be. I was curious if you bring up the fight in my notes. I have in bold capital letters "fight" uh, <laughs> right above Peter Kiss for sure. He leads the division one scoring, and then they also have Charles Pride, who uh, adds another eighteen. So they they are a one two punch that I think will get past Wright Straight. Right, yeah, think so. Shout out to the Wright State coach Scott Nagy. He actually was an assistant here at SIU Edwardsville back when we were D two in the nineties also one cool thing about him is he uh the past like 10 years he coaches at least one game a year without shoes on for the samaritans feet six uh for the samaritans feet foundation that provides shoes for uh african countries and stuff and uh so that's that's a, a good cause cool thing that he does but uh, i don't i don't think i think bryant will beat right state and then following that arizona they're really good man
0: <laughs> yeah Arizona, will move them along. TCU and Seton Hall in the 8-9 matchup. Now, some of you can see I am wearing a TCU polo here. Um, they had a losing conference record in the Big 12. Uh, but, I don't know. I mean, I, you know what, Ryan? You and I have talked about this off the record. And, um, I mean, I guess if you kind of look at the field of where these teams are, I think TCU belongs in this tournament. Um, now I don't know if I'd put them at a nine seed. I may be a little lower on them than the committee mm-hmm. was, uh, like I, I may have favored Indiana with a similar type of situation where Indiana is a team that losing record in their conference. Um, I, I don't know. It doesn't, we don't, it doesn't matter. We'll keep moving on this, but seat hall, TCU, what should we be looking for in this matchup?
1: Um, Seton Hall is the, the ironic thing about this one is that TCU is the number 82 offense and Seton Hall is the number 76. And then TCU is the number 24 defense and Seton Hall is 26. So it's insanely, this is as coin flippy as it gets. Um, but Seton Hall's had some players out for the Big East tournament. I don't know if they'll be um back for the conference for this the march madness uh, ncaa tournament we have to that's always something to look out for i would uh, as you alluded to earlier probably lean with the team from the stronger conference tcu yeah um
0: it's not gonna matter because i think arizona is gonna blow through either of these teams i would agree so i don't i think whichever direction you guys go with in your bracket I, this could be the type of clip right here that makes me eat cat food. Um, but, oh my gosh, I feel like I just made myself do it again. I made myself do it again. Okay. Um, but I think this is the type of situation that it's not going to have a gigantic impact in terms of the tournament if you pick Seton Hall or you pick TCU because Arizona is going to the Sweet 16. I would agree with you. Okay. Houston and UAB. Uh, UAB now winners of the Conference USA. Um, It's their first conference championship in a while. And they will be taking Houston's, one of the spots that Houston and a couple other teams that are leaving the American Athletic Conference will be leaving behind as they move to the Big 12. UAB slides into the American, which by the way, I just have to say this, Ryan. I thought it was very funny. Some of the—did you see the hype commercial for the American Athletic Conference today? (laughs) They were really hyping up their conference. You know, a few years ago they would say Power Six. They laid—they eased off of that. They knew that wasn't going to work. And um, you know, it's funny because I've defended the American a lot over the last few years, but the American is not going to be. Something that's super impactful, super significant in, I mean, look, it will be in terms of mid majors, but not as to where this conference has been in the past. It was really funny. They were, they had this hype video and it was showing basically all the accomplishments, uh, college football playoff appearance, final four appearance, um, within the last couple of years. And it was so funny. It's like all these teams are leaving, (laughs) play <laughs> American. It's
1: not, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. I don't know. Maybe trying to, yeah. maybe they're, I don't know. Maybe they, they're fully aware of that and they're just trying to enjoy this last hurrah. Yeah. I was, they'll try to bank on it. Is there what you, I mean, Houston moving on or is this a, is this a dangerous game for the UAB country? is one of my three teams that I pegged as heavy upset. Mm. Um, I do what do you like about him? I didn't get to. I didn't get a chance to watch. Well, they have Jordan Walker, who just seems like the guy that's going to hit the shot to buzzer beater. You know, March Madness. Um, UAB in 2014, last year. Or sorry, 2015, last time they were in the tournament. Again, talking about 2015 for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> they, Iowa State uh, in the first round. Iowa State was a three with George Niang. Um, I was actually in high school when this happened. And this this uh, early games. Seem to be issues for some reason, especially for upsets. I don't know the game times yet. Uh, I was actually taking a pre-calculus test uh, during this game. I uh, it it was ironic because it could have been the first time I ever would have got uh, like I could have been busted for cheating for having my phone out because <laughs> I did have my phone out, but I wasn't cheating. I was watching UAB versus Iowa State, so I risked <laughs> it all there. But they uh, they got they have a seven footer. Um, which most of these teams don't start seven-footers that are uh, mid-major, so they might be able to uh, rebound with a very good rebounding Houston team. Houston plays very slow. Um, UAB plays very fast. So uh, this Jordan Walker guard on UAB, he scored 40 points in a triple overtime win over Middle Tennessee State in the semis on Friday. It was a great game, one of the games of the year that I have seen. I think they have a shot. They've beat SLU this year. They've beat East Tennessee state. So they have some wins. They lost to San Francisco by three. They lost to South Carolina by three. Um, they have number 29 offense. I think they have a lot of tools here to potentially knock off the Houston Cougars. All right. Very good.
0: I like that. And I love your story of watching that game on your phone. Um, I don't think I've told this story on the show before, but back when Andrew Stem was my professor at Valparaiso University, we had a test to take during Midnight Madness. And they they need to bring back Midnight Madness. It was so great. You'd have games starting at like 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. The Valpo, Valpo played Rhode Island. My mom's Rhode- like violently nodding her head to this (laughs) (laughs) very good mrs packet uh but you know what's funny is valpo played at an 8 a.m game at rhode island and andrew stem put the game on a tv for us or maybe it was on a projector i can't remember and then um they actually have policy at valpo where the professors aren't supposed to be in the room when you take a test there's an honor code um that the professors aren't there. So then he put that on for us with no intention of watching it with us. So we could watch it while we take a test. And then he watched it outside on his laptop. So that's why I knew Andrew Stem and I were going to be great friends from that very moment. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, Houston, UBA, UAB. All right. Ryan's Illinois fighting Illini. Now the Chattanooga mocks, I was tracking them earlier in the season they started pretty strong and I think they hit a couple of road bumps. They were a little inconsistent down the stretch. Um, pretty strong team. Seth Davis called it out and he said, this is an upset right there on the selection show. I do not believe it is. I think Illinois early exit last year, early exit from the conference tournament. They're trying to rewrite what happened last year. And I I think this team could make a deep run. And I I also think that we're going to see, I'll call it right now, regardless of what happens with Houston and UAB, I think Illinois, Arizona, the rematch that we've wanted, the Sweet 16 rematch from 2005. We'll go back 10 years this time, not 2015, 2005. That's the rematch we've been wanting to see. I think we see it in the Sweet 16.
1: I really hope so. Um, Chattanooga is not a team I want to play in the first round uh, Chattanooga last time they've won a tournament game was in 1997 they were a 14 seed they knocked off 3 Georgia and then 6 Illinois so they have beaten us before as a 14 so I don't know I, that, that's just hilarious they they beat VCU they beat Middle Tennessee State so they have some wins they lost to Murray State it's Murray State's best win I think on their schedule. Um, I think Illinois saving grace here is they have Kofi Coburn who no mid major can. No. Yeah. Can, can Big be, 10, big 10 as these big
0: guys that mid majors programs tend to not have. Right. Um, obviously there are outliers and exceptions to that, but generally the mid major teams are a little smaller, um, physically. And I don't see, And Kofi Coburn is a beast. I don't see anyone matching up to him in that game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's keep going. Michigan, we mentioned them. They got the 11 seed. Um, I really am not in on Michigan this year. I think Jawan Howard's situation, we talked about a couple weeks ago with Clarence Black um, from Survivor Africa. Really a terrible, um, terrible behavior that he displayed in that game um that was indicative of the kind of frustration that he and the program and the fans everyone's having this year because they were picked to finish first in the big 10 in the preseason i think there were three or four to open the season nationally um colorado state really really good mid-major or again if you want to call mountain west mid-major they were i think they started out like 15 and one or 16 and one um started extremely strong. um I'm going the Rams you probably have some better reasoning and numbers and rationale behind it but I just don't
1: I'm not in on Michigan their team I don't trust Michigan's a tough one they're uh, they have a little bit of Alabama they could potentially make a run but Colorado State uh they have a they have David Rohde. um He was the player of the year in the Mountain West. He went in the first round. He'll probably go in the first round of the NBA draft this year. So they have that guy. They go get you a bucket. Uh, They have the number 19th offense. Um, Michigan's not playing with a lot of confidence right now. Obviously, with their game against Indiana, probably can't hold the lead that well. Um, I'll lean Colorado State as well. All right. Uh, Longwood in Tennessee,
0: Longwood just absolutely blew out. I can't remember who it was last week in their conference title game, but it's their first trip to the tournament. Good for them. Um, a lot of people feel Tennessee was maybe screwed with this draw that they should have been a two seed after what they displayed in the sec tournament. I'm going to ride with the Vols though, because I think they're playing their best basketball when it matters most. And I, yeah, I'm going to go with the Vols. I'm going to real quick just touch on the next couple and then circle back to you. Um, Ohio State and Loyola Chicago, we've seen this story before. Loyola Chicago underseated against a Big Ten team. I'm going to go with the Ramblers here. Now, there are a couple of guys still left from – I mean, there are, well, there are a few guys left from that team last year. Cameron Kruppig is not one of them, and neither is their head coach, Porter Moser. So I think it'll be extremely interesting to see – how Drew Valentine, the brother of Denzel Valentine, but Drew Valentine, um, and a very, he's a very young head coach. He's around age 30 or so. He's 29, I think. He's 29. How is he going to do, you know, against... He's got Chris Holtman here, but then if he advances, how is he going to draw up a game plan against Jay Wright? Um, this is... That's one of the hesitations that I might have with Loyola making a deep run. Um, but I like him in this game. And then Delaware is actually a, another really good mid-major this year. Um, I think they were 21 and 12, something like that, or 21 and 10. Um, 22 and 12. Um, pretty good team. Not a great team. I like Villanova in that one. Um, and I think what I'm really interested in is. We've seen Villanova in this two spot before when they played a 10 seed and lost to Wisconsin. Um, could it happen again with Loyola? Maybe, maybe not. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, sorry, I, I ran through this a little quickly, but.
1: You're good. I get back it. it up. Yeah. Uh, Villanova was a one, I believe, and uh, Wisconsin was an eight because they were okay. the number one, I think. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. Uh, just. I won't really touch uh, I mean, Villanova uh, They have Colin Gillespie back Gillespie back after missing last year. Um, He's uh, one of the best players in America, two time big East player of the year. They should get by Delaware without much problems. Um, If I miss the Loyola Ohio state game, I miss it, but I'm just not, I'm just not going to fall for the same trick again. I'm going to pick Loyola. (laughs) Um, Ohio State not a great defensive team. They're 130th, I think. Also struggle to close out games. By the way, another one of those. Yeah, and they haven't been playing well lately. They lost to Nebraska at home. Um, I, re- I this Loyola team is they're good. 43rd offense, 22 defense. Um, they shoot the three well. They have the makeup of a team that can definitely win a game or two in the tournament. I don't think they'll get past Villanova, but. I don't, I don't, I don't know um, if they had Porter Mosier, and this is no knock against Valentine. Uh, I just know that Porter Moser is one of the best coaches yeah. in basketball. Um, I was, I wanted to see Oklahoma make the tournament. Actually, I thought they would have been fun, um, but didn't happen. They, they, uh, they didn't have the regular season they needed. Um, Longwood. Funny thing about them is, I definitely don't think they'll beat Tennessee. But it is March, and uh, their coach, Griff Aldridge, was the AD at UMBC when they beat Virginia. Um, (laughs) I like that. He has an interesting history. He actually was a longtime AAU coach before he went to be an AD. He was DeAndre Jordan's AAU coach. Found that a little interesting, Um, but I don't, I don't think they'll beat Tennessee. This Tennessee team struggles to shoot the ball a little bit, but they are kind of the outlier. That is just even without, even without being able to shoot that well, they are very, very good they defend incredibly well and they still find a way to score out of uh, the 35th rate, uh, in college basketball. They're dangerous. I like them more than I like Villanova. Actually. Um, I think they need to, they, they lost in the first round to Oregon state last year as a five. They, they need to Rick Barnes, um, is get back in the win column. I like Tennessee to come out of the bottom half of this region. Um, other thing about Chattanooga is their coach is uh, – it's his fourth year at Chattanooga, uh, Lamont Paris, and he's actually was an assistant at Wisconsin for seven years under Bo Ryan. Is a lot of the same style. He plays slow. Uh, he's seen Illinois a lot. Not Brad Underwood, Illinois, but just a lot of things that make me uneasy and a little <laughs> scared. I still like Illinois to get to the Sweet 16 we played Arizona at home earlier in the season. We did not have Andre Corbello. Illinois has been inconsistent all year. We've had injuries all year. Ten players have missed games. Uh, it's been a, a lot of, a lot of uh, up and downs this year. I like, I'm like. i okay with us getting put with Arizona, even though Arizona is just, they're very good. And uh, <laughs> their coach, um, 20-year assistant for Mark Few. Um, they play a lot like gonzaga Uh, arizona gonzaga championship could be really exciting although tennessee is scary i like the winner of illinois arizona to get to the final four i'd give arizona the edge over illinois they beat illinois in a very close game earlier this year but um i think illinois is one of the higher ceiling teams in the country uh i don't we i don't want to sound too biased obviously but no you yeah you're right they they're a team that can win a championship. This yeah, year. we shoot we uh, we can get very hot with our senior guards, and then obviously Kofi Coburn is a problem <laughs> for anyone who's playing them. But uh, yeah, I would I would lean Arizona. All right,
0: uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Yeah, I think it's just cool that Arizona hoops is back because um, mm-hmm. the last several years uh, we're tough in Tucson. Okay, uh we got to keep moving. We're an hour and a half through this. I'm going to try to wrap this last one up pretty quickly. Um I am in Florida right now and I'm not I don't, as you guys can see, I'm not in my studio. My family went out to dinner and they're probably going to come home soon and be loud. So I want to try to get this done. Um so, but hey, lots of content here and there'll be more content tomorrow. Okay. Kansas will play the winner of uh (laughs) to texas southern and texas a&m corpus christi i really this is too bad that corpus christi is gonna have to play in this playing game because they won last night they also gave notre dame a pretty good game early in the year Now, now obviously they belong they deserve to be a 16 seed but they were a team that I don't know. I I watched them a couple times this year. They were kind of fun to watch in terms of just a mid-major program. They're right around where they belong. Um, I'm not going to pick anyone over Kansas, though. I'm not going to pick either of these against Kansas. Let's talk about the San Diego state Creighton matchup. I mean, that's two teams last night. They're two very good defensive teams, uh, neither of which scored a lot of points. My sister watched uh, both those games with me, and Laura was just like, when they announced it, she's like, oh, that'll be a thriller.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Creighton um, is without their point guard. He got um, hurt a couple weeks ago. He will be out. Uh, He was probably going to be Big East player or freshman of the year, I believe. So Greg McDermott's squad going to struggle a little bit without that, but they did find a way to embarrass Providence in the big East tournament. Um, this, yeah, the San Diego state is the second best defensive team, according to Ken Pomeroy. So this, this could be a, this is going to be a lower scoring. Expect a close game. Typical eight, nine coin flip. I would lean probably San Diego state, but it's very close. Uh
0: Iowa and Richmond in a 512 matchup both won their conference title games in the this afternoon. And really a tough draw for both teams. I think I mean Richmond's just happy to be there. Mm-hmm. Iowa probably wouldn't like to face Richmond, but after winning the Big Ten the way that they did, I don't know. There's a little bit to this Iowa team that reminds me, obviously a different style, but in terms of again, a team that's peaking at the right time. Michigan did this in uh, 2018, and they rode it all the way to the national championship. And then in 2017, they they also made a really nice run after a strong Big Ten Conference tournament showing. I think that that's a good sign in terms of how a team is going to perform in the tournament. Is Iowa a sleeper here? I mean, I think they're a team like second weekend type of team
1: not going to beat Kansas. Is that about right? I really like this Iowa Hawkeyes team. Um, they usually don't do well in the big dance, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, 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 I'm I scared to push them forward because they've burned me before. They burned me last year. <laughs> Same, yeah. This Richmond game's not going to be easy. They're led by Jacob Gilliard, Grant Golden. Jacob Gilliard leads the nation in steals. Um, they just beat the top three teams uh, in the A-10 the last three days, so they can obviously... Uh, win some games. Um, this this Iowa Keegan Murray's phenomenal. They shoot very well. Same story though with Iowa. They just they're a little bit better defensively this year, but they're just still not a great yeah. team. That's I ended don't know. them in last year against Oregon. Yeah, and I'm actually not high on Kansas. Um, we can touch on that I guess when we wrap up the region. Yeah, but sure. So you can move on. No, you can touch on it now. Why is that? It's just the same. Like they're so they um do very well inside of uh and they do very well in lawrence and then they just they they don't and um they don't do that well on the road in the big in big 12 play they went undefeated at home and then on the road they went 500 it just seems very familiar and they usually don't do well in the tournament and i'm starting to think that that might be why yeah they're
0: normally a team that they typically get to the second weekend and then they don't get to the third as much as they should. So I'll, I'll tell you what, um, we're going to keep moving here. So we like Iowa Providence and South Dakota state, South Dakota state. Uh, were they one of those upset teams that you like Number one on my list? <laughs> yeah. I figured they would be,
1: Talk <laughs> uh, them up. They have the making of an upset team. They have, they have everything that you'd want from an upset team. In my opinion. Um, they, uh, shoot the three better than anyone else in the country. They're number one. Uh, they shoot 44% from three second is 40, 40%. So they're not even number one by a little bit. They're number one by a lot. Uh, um, they don't turn the ball over much. They shoot free throws. Well, they rebound well, they have three, they're three headed monster of scores average 16, 16 and 14. They all shoot the three over 40% Wilson, Shearman and Friedel. Um, they've won 21 games in a row now. They beat Washington state in the non-conference. So they do have a power conference win. I just, I really, really like this team. Providence, according to Ken is the luckiest team in the country. Not sure exactly <laughs> what factors into that. Uh, their record doesn't really, you'd think they would be seated higher. They won the big yeast for the first time ever. Um, Ed Cooley is doing great there, but, I, really I mean, I, when I games. watched
0: them, it felt like a, some of the, I didn't watch a ton of their games, but the ones that I did were coin flip games. Um,
1: they, they're the best. Um, they've, it's like 14 games in a row they've won and almost all their games, they played three overtime games in a row that they won. Almost every game was close and you can be like, well, they can win close games on the flip side. They're not winning by a lot. So they're, they're uh, very vulnerable. Like, if it's Duke, and we're talking about, oh, they can win close games. Like, all right,
0: it's Duke, but yeah. it's Providence. Um, yeah. I think that's there's something to that. It's like we talk about run differential in baseball, or that typically predicts where teams are going to finish. And for that reason, I'm going to side with you. One other thing I like about South Dakota State is that they are a team that uh, – South Dakota State has been in this spot before. Um, they had some really good teams in Mike Dom uh, a few years back, and I really think that my family just got back home, uh, so we'll be wrapping this up in the next ten minutes or so. We'll try to do that, um, but yeah, South Dakota State, I, I like this upset too. They had a who was it that they beat? They beat a they beat a power five team earlier in the season. I remember that. Just Washington State. Washington State. That's right. And they're not yeah. bad.
1: They were all. No.
0: Yeah, we'll give them that. Okay. Um, LSU and Iowa State. This is one that uh, you might feel differently. I would go LSU, but I really like Wisconsin a lot in this region. Well, I'm pretty first big of all, on Wisconsin. Who's
1: coaching LSU? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah. Um, Will Wade is out. And they're two and nine, two and eight on the road this year. However, I'm not high on Iowa State either. Um, they don't have that great of an offense. They're 151st in offense. Uh, they did. Uh, they went undefeated in non-conference, and then that's really the only reason they're here because they got beat. They got beat up in the Big 12. I think they went like eight and eight and ten or seven and eleven. Um, this this game is not not someone I think will beat Wisconsin. It's too bad. I, I wish that we could put, I
0: don't know, like the other, I guess the other 6-11 matchups are like Texas and Virginia Tech. Don't have a lot of confidence in either of those. Um, like there, there are a couple matchups you could listen back on this and we're like, oh yeah, we like both those teams. I wish we could stick one of those teams that we like in this matchup because we're not particularly big on either of them. Mm-hmm. I really like the Wisconsin Badgers this year. They were picked to finish Iowa and Wisconsin were both, I think they're picked to finish 8th and ninth, respectively, by the press coming into the season in the Big Ten. What I like about Wisconsin is they're always a good, smart, defensive team, good fundamentals. That's what they always like to say about a team like Wisconsin. Uh, But the thing that's different about this Wisconsin team from teams they've had in years past is with Johnny Davis, they have a guy who can go and get them 35 on any given night. They've got a guy who can take those big shots for you at the end of the game. I have a lot of confidence in him. And quite frankly, I I think Wisconsin's actually going to ride this thing to the Final Four.
1: I don't. Um, I think they're going to do about what their seed says. Uh, I I think Auburn would get them. I think they're going to have a massive problem with Auburn and Jabari Smith because Wisconsin's just not that big. Uh, But they did beat Purdue twice so they can beat big teams. Um, yeah. Colgate in the first round is not easy either. They almost took down Arkansas last year. I do think they'll beat Colgate, but... Um,
0: Colgate. Like, I guess what I'm saying is I, I like, I'm like. i pretty high on Wisconsin, although I also will add, I, I think the winner of that Wisconsin-Auburn game is going to go to the Final Four. That's a sweet 16 match. Yeah, matchup. that's... Yeah, that's fair. Most likely. If if we get there. Okay. We, we, we touched on it. Okay. We got USC and Miami. I'm going to side with USC started strong. The start of the year. I think they're just a better team again, anti ACC, uh, (laughs) for the most part here. And PAX 12 had a really good showing last year. I'm also then going to take Auburn over Jacksonville state we played them. I say we as a member of the Valpo basketball team. <laughs> but uh we beat them in the Bahamas. Um, you know, they're they're good team, a strong team. But Jacksonville State's Auburn lucky is. to be here. They didn't even win their tournament. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Can you why don't you tell people what happened there? How they I ended know it up.
1: sucks, doesn't uh Beller, Bellarmine? Bellarmine. Uh, Bellarmine. Bellarmine, yeah, Bellarmine. They were a D2. They're just they're still in their transitional period. So they actually won. The um, uh, the uh, the uh the Atlantic Sun <laughs> and Jacksonville State who, uh, Jacksonville State's been in the Ohio Valley for a while, I believe. Um, but uh, they were the one. So since Beller, and that's actually they lost in the semis. Actually, so it wasn't even the team that made it to the finals <laughs> that made it. They just got to sit at home and root for the team that they knew was ineligible, and that's what happened. So now they're here. <laughs> um you know thanks for playing I don't think you're gonna be here that long but yeah kind of like the ugly sister at the <laughs> at the dinner table here or something but
0: USC Miami do you have a strong preference either way USC is considerably
1: better yeah I think so I, I really like Jim Laranega though yeah but I think USC has potential to beat Auburn even though I think Auburn is the best team in this region uh I'll go out and say right now this is the weakest region. Yeah, I don't disagree. That's why I think a team
0: like Wisconsin can make that run. I like Wisconsin. Um, okay, any other thoughts just at the region at large? Like we didn't really
1: talk about Auburn. What is it that you like about Auburn? Um, well they have maybe the best player in the country in Jabari Smith. Um, they have Walker Kessler who might be the best shot blocker since like Ralph Sampson or something. He's insane. He blocks more shots than like 90% of Division one basketball teams. He's had a couple triple doubles, I believe. Um, I don't know what North Carolina did wrong with him last year, but you know, they're coached by Bruce Pearl. Um, phenomenal boy, suspect person. (laughs) Um, I don't want, it's a, it's a conflict of interest. I, I kind of told myself this year um, to not let biases get me that if I'm really struggling on a game to pick, I'm going to go with the team. I dislike more. <laughs> um, and then that way also either my brackets good or I'm, or the team that I dislike lost. So I don't know. I I'm inclined to lean Auburn to come out of this division or this region. Uh, I think the other side of the bracket is considerably stronger than this side, I would. I think. I think Arizona. I. I know it's chalky to say. I think the most likely outcome is Gonzaga versus Arizona. Not necessarily what I'll pick, but um, yeah, should be fun. Should be a lot of fun. It will be a lot All right. of fun. <laughs> I can.
0: I think this is a good place to wrap up for now. I think we gave mm-hmm. everyone what they need um this was kind of a makeshift impromptu episode because i'm not in my studio um so we just kind of had to tape this when we could and i'm gonna be at disney world tuesday and wednesday and then thursday friday i'm gonna be driving home so this was basically the best we could do but i'm sure people loved it i'm sure you guys enjoyed it um so it's a little different than we'd done in real years past. Cause we did not really get a chance to absorb this entire bracket. Like last year, I think we did it like maybe three hours after the selection show. Like we had a little bit of time. I didn't even, I wasn't able to print out a bracket or anything. I'm just, <laughs> we're just kind of winging this. So, um, I'll give my final four picks tomorrow. I'll do that one on my, uh, show our March madness for dummies, uh, 2.0. And then, uh, Keep in mind that everything that we said is stuff we might change our minds on um, over the next 72 hours or so. But um, a lot of upsets that we like, a lot of matchups that we're really excited about. And hopefully we gave you guys a really good taste of what's to come over the next couple of weeks and What is the best time of the year in the world of sports? Ryan, is there anything
1: else that you want to add? Uh, just thanks a bunch for letting me be here. Uh, it's, I, I, I live, breathe, uh, bleed March madness. Um, it's, you know, I wake up and take a look at it every day. So (laughs) thanks for letting me here. Let a little boy live out a dream. Appreciate (laughs) it. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad that you were able
0: to accompany me on this ride and, uh, for your help. I mean, you know, a lot of stuff. You're a resident bracketologist here of the Jack Vita show. i not think affiliated. <laughs> I think you earned that title independent bracketologist.
1: I can be, I'll be affiliated with you. I'm good with yeah, that.
0: There we go. There we go. Good, <laughs> good. Yeah. You, you might want to be affiliated with me, but you might not want to be associated with me. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm good with it. I. I uh, it's
1: a good place to be.
0: Good. Very good. So, um ryan is there anything that you'd like to plug or promote you want to throw out your twitter or your instagram or anything like that no
1: no i'm good enjoy, all right enjoy the games uh fill out a bracket no no matter what i don't care how little you know fill out a bracket you'll probably beat me uh <laughs> but um uh just just do it you'll have a blast i you i promise yeah. you you will have a blast and make sure you fill out
0: that bracket. Um, go to jackvita.com and then play in our bracket pool. I think the show it's called Jack Vita show on CBS sports if you want to go that way. But in order to qualify, you must be subscribed to this podcast and you must leave a five star review. So send that my way and you can win 50 bucks and an appearance on this show. So how about that? Uh, so make sure that you guys all do that and then tune in tomorrow for our March madness for dummies special should be a lot of fun. I know last year that was one of the podcast episodes that really stuck out to people and they really enjoyed um, all your, uh, just kind of looking back on the year and review. I was like, Hey, what, what'd you guys enjoy this year? And they said, March madness for dummies. And uh, Ryan, I know you, you got a kick out of that one,
1: right? Absolutely. <laughs> it's a great premise. Man, I mean, have, I have my grandma fill out a bracket every year and she doesn't know what she's doing. Actually, this will be the second year in a row my dog fills out a bracket. So Your dog fills out a bracket. How do you do that? She does. Yeah. Uh, we uh, get two. Well, we pencil in one seed to the Sweet 16 and then we put the twos and threes to win the first round game and that's it. Other than that, get two of her uh, favorite toys, associate one of them with the higher seed, one with the lower seed, throw it across the room. Whatever one she brings back is who wins. last year she was in first place or sorry i got ahead of myself she was in fourth place out of about 500 brackets until abilene christian knocked out her champion texas oh man oh (laughs) so we'll see how it goes this year (laughs) that's
0: amazing i love that yeah very cool yeah okay well so make sure you guys play make sure you tune in for our next episode and then uh be on the lookout for more because we're right about to round into major league baseball season and Of course, we're going to be providing analysis and coverage of the Blade tournament Uh, over the next few weeks. uh, We'll have plenty of episodes and hopefully some good guests coming on for that as well. So until then, I'm Jack Vita alongside Ryan Packett bringing the dancing lobsters.